can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Join the Council for the Model Aquatic Health Code, a.k.a. CMAC. CMAC is a member-driven organization that keeps the Model Aquatic Health Code sustainable, current, and complete. Your expertise is needed. Learn more at CMAC.org. That's C-M-A-H-C dot org. Hey, everyone. Andrea here. Welcome back to this week's conclusion of the Talking Pools podcast. If you did not listen to the previous week's episode, please do so. Please listen to part one, and we hope you enjoy part two. Thank you. I happen to realize a pool that we renovated in 2008-9. This was a, oh, if I remember right, I think it was like a $450,000 project that lasted by the time we were done, is almost 11 months that the, okay. the project lasted. So it started, I think, in 08, finished in 09. But regardless, the we put in Pentairs and Teleflow uh, pumps, two of them, when we did that renovation. <clears throat> and those pumps are still there today. Oh, well. So we're, we're 14 years in, and both Intelliflow pumps are still in use. One is a water feature waterfall uh, pump and the other, you know, for the pool filtration, heating, all that kind of stuff. So when you do things right, things do last long. You're not paying and, too much stress on it. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's, there's, you know, it's, it's just going. And because of a pump running 24 hours a day, if you're able to do that, you don't have restrictions where you're at, it's less wear and tear on the pump. When that pump never turns off, far less wear and tear than when they turn off and on and off and on and off and on when a pump turns on that's the highest wear and tear on it so um you know i've i've told people for years that uh you know we've had these intelliflow pumps out in the field for 14 15 16 years and i have a hard time remembering what pools are my examples of that but this one today or well this just in this past week i should say that uh kind of i don't even remember why i got involved in looking at some of what was happening at the house but uh still has 2009 pumps that were put in service that are still running today and my guess is they're going to be there for quite a number of years yet so and again compared to the competition who maybe is is six eight nine a thousand dollars less where the pump lasts two years maybe three years and it's shot and you're throwing it away and putting a new one in why is that well because it's an elbow right in front of the pump Yep. You know, you don't have five times pipe diameter. You, you're you're running at speeds that's causing all kinds of stress and wear and tear. We, one, we bid a major renovation for a uh, a guy that uh, lives in a you know million multi million dollar house in a gated community. Bid redoing this pool, I don't know, six seven years ago probably, 
maybe not quite, but whatever it was, we knew that the, I think it's the spa, it's a pool spa combo, the spa suction plumbing has a problem. I believe it's collapsed. And he ended up having another company come and do the remodeling for him instead of us. Well, they didn't address any of the plumbing or electric problems for the lighting in the pool. They basically put lipstick on a pig is what they did, yeah. literally. They replastered, retiled, put new coping and new decking around it, new decking around it. But they didn't do anything with the plumbing and then, the, the, you know, we've done maintenance forever. So that next year, as soon as it's all done, he calls us up. Okay, I'm ready for maintenance. And we go out there and we're having the same problems with his spa pump that we've always had. Yeah. And put a vacuum gauge on it. And sure enough, the thing is running at like 15 to 17 inches of vacuum when it's run on the spa. Well, that pump that they installed when they did the renovation, because they did put a new pump and filter and heater in at the time. Uh that one didn't last very long, and then we replaced it. The one that we replaced is just barely two years old, and our guys that were out there this this week sent me a video of it. Yeah, it's going to die pretty soon, too. And it's because it it's running at too high a vacuum. It's not intended to do that. The thing is burning itself up, not burning itself up, but wearing itself out. And uh, You know something I've noticed? Doing warranties, you go and you see how these pumps are programmed. And a lot of guys are programming them as they are single speed pumps. Yep. And it doesn't make any sense to me. And then when I'm trying to change it, the customer is like, oh, no, we don't want it to run that long. Well, it, the cost of the way I'm doing it and the cost of the way that you're having it, you're saving money by me running it longer. Right. The only thing I could think of is they just, they don't know. They don't have the knowledge. They don't have the training of what a variable speed does. They just, they've been doing it this way. This is the way it always has been. And that's the way it's going to be. And and there's so much of that out there. And, and that's where, uh, you know what, wait, before we start recording tonight, you and I were talking about things that are upcoming. And for us, upcoming is uh, September and November and January yep. and February and March and all of these different industry events that we're going to be yep. attending or hoping to attend. And the the main reason that we attend these things is for the education aspect of things, either by giving the education as you're going to be doing in a few weeks, right? Yep. Um, or, or by attending, um, to gain more education and, and even within the networking aspect of those events to gain more education and, and knowledge from our peers. Um, I would argue that anyone in the industry who says they can't afford to or they're too busy to um, should probably just get out of the industry. Hey everyone, this is Pool Girl Pros, Kelly Clancy and Deborah Martin, and we wanted to let you know about our next training. It will be at the Pool Industry Expo, or PIE in Monterey, California, September 14th through the 16th. We will be speaking on practical wiring instructions for everyone's load center. We will have control panels from Hayward, Pentair, and Fluidra. It will be at 2.30 p.m. Friday, September 15th. And this is not just for the ladies. It's for everybody. You all can come. Yay!
For more information on the expo and to register, visit poolindustryexpo.com. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Hope to see you there. Okay, we did it. See, look, we have a script. We just have to read. <laughs> <laughs>
They said that it would keep turning off. Okay. Go out there. It's not the pump. It's the cheap breaker they put in. Okay. And if you attend my class on September 15th, you will learn, like, how to read the label to know what it says and how it triggers and how sensitive it is and understand why you don't buy cheap breakers. Right. You know, you use the ones the manufacturers recommend. The manufacturers, exactly. Because those breakers work on their system. This breaker is so cheap it keeps tripping. It's not the pump. The pump is fine. Right. So I told them, hey, call your builder because the builder just bought, the, did the pool or call, you know, whatever, because he didn't want to pay me to do it. I'm like, you need a new breaker. Okay, I leave. A month later, he's like, oh, my light, do you do lights? I'm like, yes. He's like, my light doesn't work. Okay. Now my pump's not working. It keeps tripping. They replaced the breaker. Okay, I'll come back out. Went out. The light was just the GFI was tripped. That, that was waste of my time. And then he, I'm like, wait, you said the breaker's been replaced. He's like, yeah, the builder came out and they replaced the breaker with the same breaker they used before. Sure. I'm like, I'm like, sir, this you didn't replace the breaker. So this is not a warranty call. The breaker needs to be replaced now because it's hot out. The breaker's tripping because it's getting too hot because the box is in the sun. And so I told him, go buy yourself a Siemens breaker. I could put it in, but it's going to be two hundred and fifty dollars. And he's like, oh, no, I'll call the builder. I'm like, OK, well, I'm not coming back out here until you prove to me you have a Siemens breaker on this pump because the pump's not the problem. Yeah. Because I've stood here for 25 minutes and the pump has not turned off. Yeah. So education would teach <clears throat> you why you have why a Siemens breaker is a quality breaker. Yeah. But even with with that, you can have problems. Um, uh, you know, breakers, circuit breaker boxes are rated for certain mm -hmm. manufacturer and type of breakers. And although it's not that common, you can have a problem because you put a square D breaker in a Siemens box or yep. a GE box or, a you know, name your, your brand. Um, and then there's also, so Pentair has their own breakers that they sell to partner with their which is funny. It's just a Siemens breaker with a higher ticket. It's it's it is right, but it it's um it's made by Siemens, but it's not the same as a Siemens breaker that you would you know run really? and pick up at Home Depot. And, well, yeah, and no, as you not... said, the ratings are part of it. But yeah. our local uh, pool court branch a number of years ago brought in a big stock of the Siemens breakers as opposed to Pentair's what they call PPD breaker. Yeah. And it was, oh, at the time, I want to say it was $78 versus $100 for the Pentair one. Yeah. So with all the construction we do and all the pumps we put in in service and everything else, we bought a, a bunch of them. I don't know. We probably bought 100 of them or something like that. And very quickly found out that they were not right. They really? they. They ended up giving us problems probably 50% of the time. Okay. So, in fact, we still have many of those breakers sitting there because I, you know, 
I bought them, they're mine, but we, we started bringing in Pentair PPDs. And I'm like, I don't even want to mess with those. If you're putting it in a Teleflow, put in the, the Pentair PPD. So what I, I know was it's going to work and it's not a problem. So what and I was the, taught very early on was when it came to Pentair, you use the Pentair breaker. That because if you didn't, it would void the warranty. I have never run into that, but you know what? Our our warranty, because of the way we we do business with Pentair and so forth, they um really don't question the just you know we're not dealing with taking pump back to a distributor. <laughs> we're dealing direct with manufacturer as far as warranty, and there's very little product we actually have to send back to Pentair. Um, you know, and, and again, I. Pentair, I've, I've been dealing with Pentair since the American products days back in mm-hmm. the 80s, uh, which, you know, later became PacFab and then became Pentair. Um, so we've we've got a little bit of different warranty uh, arrangement, I guess, with with them. But, uh, yeah, there, there are I, I've never heard of that myself, but I would certainly think that there are things that can you know, play into that. And, you know, we're going to find out real quick. So I think everybody knows, not just in our industry, but in the, in, in every industry worldwide, the products made during the COVID years are crap. Crap. They're all crap. Because they Um, were, they're pushing too much product too quickly. Yes. And they couldn't get stuff from their normal suppliers and they, they had to figure out something, you know, there were no pumps in the world. So what are you going to do? You need pumps, right? Oh, so it was they, so bad get... that like the, the shut, you know, the box boxes, the sub panels, you have the knockout on the side for the, the receptacle for the lights, the, you know, yeah. GFI right. receptacles. They weren't punched enough for you to be even able to yeah. so you get it out. You had to like cut it or drill it. it. Yeah. Well, the, the, so anyway, as, as things are going, the manufacturers are going to see a significant amount of warranty repairs on those products that were sold in 21, 22, and even 23. And as yeah, a result, you have things that in 23 that are from 22 still, because now we're starting yeah, to have absolutely. a surplus of supplies. Absolutely. You know, we went into this year, we went into this year with more than enough product on the equipment end of our business, pumps, filters, heaters, controls, lights, than we would need for the entire year. And we didn't buy that stuff January 1. The majority of that stuff was bought and delivered to us between June and August of the year before. Oh, wow. So, you know, the product that we're selling right now was probably manufactured March, January, February, March prior to that is my best guess. But the... uh, Anyway, the, the, the aspect of these warranty calls, warranty repairs increasing, I think is going to push manufacturers to be much more stringent on what they're going to allow as warranty claims. It has to. I will tell you right now, I already see that with Hayward when it comes to, they want me to do more parts than whole goods. So it used yeah, to be, oh, absolutely. we need, we have a, we have a bad drive. You have a whole pump. Just put the whole pump in. Let's just get it switched out. Now it's no, we're going to send you 
a power end, replace the power end. Um, you know, really look at right. what is going on compared to before. It's just like, let's just get it replaced. Let's make it, you know, look good. And that's it. Now, yep. I do also think that's because now the Hayward is a publicly traded company. And obviously you have people looking at the bottom dollar. But I yeah. I do agree that it's not everything is. I went to a warranty for a jacuzzi pump, which is a Hayward pump. And it was cavitating and it was determined it wasn't that it was a bad pump. It was determined that the hydraulics were were bad of, on the pool. Yep. Well, that's not a warranty. Now you got to pay me to come out here. Right. Well, customer wasn't very happy because he wanted me to return the pump. <laughs> I'm well, like, of course. I'm, not retur- I'm not returning the pump, sir. You'll have to take that up with Leslie's. Well, you, but you work for Hayward. You're Hayward. Is Hayward going to re- T- turn the pump. I'm like, sir, I do not work for Hayward. I'm a warranty station that came out to check on their behalf. Yeah. You need to talk to Leslie's. Yeah. Well, I, I think we're definitely going to run into more and more of uh, of the the manufacturers sticking to their guns when it comes yeah. to warranty to try to minimize their exposure relative to the costs and. Uh, you know, it's it's all a, a cycle. I mean, it's it's not. Oh, I've heard of new. them I've... revoking warranty because they were they were replacing too many things with just these big yes. big items. Yeah, absolutely. That you know, after the housing bubble in in the 2008 nine era, there there was a similar thing that occurred. You know, during the housing, every money was flying everywhere. No one cared. You know, you you got a problem with a heater, just throw it away, put a new one in. We'll we'll be good with that. You know, and then when the bubble popped and the housing market crashed and our industry crashed, all of a sudden it's like, what do you mean you got a bad exchanger and a bad blower and it's you know it's it's a warranty thing. You're 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 not replacing the whole heater. Put an exchanger and a blower in, right? You know, like spend three hours tearing it down and rebuilding it to end up with a, a Frankenstein kind of a, you know, heater sitting out there because, uh, you know, that's, that's all the warranty covers. It doesn't cover replacement. It covers repair. Yeah. Um, so we'll get back to that. And I do think that the, the manufacturers may end up, you know, for, for those who maybe exist like we do that you don't send a whole lot of product back may end up asking for more and more product back. We keep everything for 30 days and make sure that we've gotten replacement product and reimbursement yeah. and all that. Once it's cleared the books, then we pitch the stuff. It goes in the I do this. Yeah, I do the same thing. Cause you never know when they'll so. ask for it. Yeah. And I've had and, them and ask for stupid it. shit, like a, like a, a seal on a yep. seal replacement. Yep. I've seen them ask for an O-ring and I'm like, yep. at, when I first started, I'm like, you want an O-ring? I threw it out. Like, why would you want an O-ring? Right. Right, because they they need to be able to go back to their supplier and prove that the, yep. the there was a flaw in the product that they provided them. So um, it it happens, but uh, anyway, keep keep your yourself ready for for that as it. And like you said, I think it's already starting. I think we're we're just going to see it get increasingly uh, more stringent in terms of how they handle processing any of the warranty stuff. So if you have, it wouldn't surprise me and I would love to actually see them do this when there are pump problems. uh, You know what? Send in a picture of the installation and then we'll tell you if it's a warranty, right? 
Oh, and I if you don't have, you know, put a tape measure on that suction pipe. Do you have five times the pipe <laughs> diameter straight pipe there? Oh, look at that. You've got a Nova going right in the pump. Nope, that's on you. Sorry. Oh, Whoever installed me, I, it, that's your problem. I'm really close with my technical rep for Hayward for my area. And he has me send him pictures all the time. Be, and there are times where we've caught stuff like, oh, they didn't use a Hayward union. Now they need to fix that. And it's probably not priming because there's air being pulled because it's not the right union and it's hmm. crooked. And, yeah. you know, it's not yeah. like it used to be where it's like, just just make it make it work, fix it like. Right. Yep. And, and certainly there's going to be a little bit of fallout from that, too, because you're going to have those. Karens of the world who are going to piss and moan about, uh, you know, XYZ product being, you know, crap and and they don't stand behind their product and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, the other place we're going to see a ton of it is all these pools that were built in the last three, three years by anyone but pool builders. Right. Right. You know, whether it's home uh, builders, concrete home builders, excavators, landscapers. Or in many cases too, pool service technicians, right? Someone, someone. This has been a thing too, where you know you've been servicing pools for five years, and because the the boom in construction got so big, you're like, oh, I can build this stuff. I know this guy that can do that, and this guy can do that. Now I, I can do this part, and they jump into the building end of things. And uh, you know, in, in some cases, those who do that succeed but i would say it's it's probably a very small percent that succeed maybe even less than double digits where the the majority of them you end up with problems and yeah you know getting in over your head doing things that that you know are wrong because you just know they were wrong uh, i'd like to think because you didn't know they were wrong not because you're cutting corners and taking the easy way out but it's probably a little bit of that as well uh, so there's there's between the the manufacturers clamping down on warranty claims and the stuff that was installed wrong by people who didn't know the right way to do it to begin with the, the next few years. And for those of us that are in the service sector, that can be a great thing. You know, we've, we've had what probably 130,000 pools built last year, 120 the year before. Um, where normally you would expect a pump on those pools to last, what? How long would you expect a pump to last? Random. I say pump ten years. Ten years. You're if, when you get if out. Things are plumbed correctly. Right. So on these pools that were built that they weren't built properly, and the pump dies four years in, well, there's a service call and some money for us. You're, okay. When people ask me, oh, how long is this pump supposed to last? I'm like, uh, I'll tell you probably the warranty. Can't give you anything after that because yeah. I don't know how things were plumbed. It right. may look great up, up top, but at the bottom could be godness. Yeah, you don't know what's underground. But any of that stuff, we're going to find that that there are failures far earlier than you would hope. You know, if, if you normally thought a pump would last seven, eight years and you find it dies in three, there's probably a reason that's beyond the manufacturer that's causing it. Uh, and that and I'll say there is some crap out there too that uh, you know, not a component of the big three that yeah. was put in. You know, some of these uh, 
I, I will be really, really curious to see how these Black & Decker pumps are doing four <laughs> or five years after they were installed. But uh, at, at any rate, so. Well, what do you say? I think we did pretty good for winging it. We always wing it. <laughs> <laughs> it is good to wing it with you, though, instead of by myself. Although my episode, I didn't really have to wing it. I had a great question and uh, <laughs> loved being able to to talk a little business, uh, you know, since a couple of weeks ago. And how and do you, you feel about my rambling? I you weren't rambling. It was it was great. I loved hearing you piggyback off of Heather's uh, wonderful episode last Wednesday. Um, so, but it's always much better to do it with you. So thank yes. you. Appreciate you. And uh happy early birthday, by the way, although it'll be late by the time this airs. But no, this will birthday. air Tuesday before my birthday. Are we we don't have one for next we week? We have nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well I'm glad we got together tonight then. Um all we right. Well happy early week. birthday then. <laughs> thank you. Oh gosh. I hope you have a wonderful birthday. And, I'm excited because uh, I'm going to be going to lunch with Mary Ann from Pool Magazine. That's she has cool. she has become a good friend. I that's luck awesome. out. She lives where I live. Well, kind of. She lives like 30 minutes from me. Okay, that's very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, then you guys will have a great time, I'm sure. And, oh God, uh, yes. Tell her I said hi. I and, will. Uh, we'll have to uh, put our heads together and come up with some some topics for the next few weeks so that we don't talk for two hours before we start recording. Right. I don't think people realize that's what we do almost every time. Yeah. But it's really not about this. It's just catching up because yep. especially when we haven't talked in three weeks. Right. Cause there's, come on, there's always about. something going on in my life. Yeah, <laughs> my, per- and, you know, now that I have a personal life. Yeah. So anyway, thanks everyone for listening in. Thanks Kelly for being with me tonight. Thanks for, Thank uh, all of our support from CMAC and IPSA. And don't forget to tune in on Mondays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays with all of the rest of the Talking Pools podcasts. Email us some more questions. We're, we're still going to give out some more hats. Talkingpools at gmail.com. Send us something that uh, you want to hear about and that we can give you our two cents for whatever it might be worth. Maybe only Send one us cent some, something that you think we will not be able to think of an answer. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get something non-pool related. (laughs) And that's fine, too. (laughs) Kelly is the queen of research. She will find the answer, even if it's not pool related. Yes, I love looking things up that I don't know. She loves a challenge. So, anyway, thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 